Mark, chapter 2, verse 2. Word of God says this, And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And while they could not, could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, He saith unto him, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, and took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We thank you, Lord Father, for the service that we've had. We uh, thank you for the spirit, Lord Father, that we feel among us, Lord. We thank you for this message. And Lord, I, I thank you most of all for Jesus, Lord, in the coming season of Christmas. I, I thank you for the birth of a Savior, Lord, to save this world. I thank you uh, for the many blessings that this church has been to this community, to, to myself, Lord Father. And I pray that we continue uh, to be a light into a lost and dying world. I pray this morning that we can draw closer to you uh, before it's everlasting too late. In Jesus' name. I ask. Amen. Now this morning, uh, we're going to take a little bit of time to look at this story in the book of Mark, chapter 2, uh, starting with verse 2. I skipped one because it just uh, uh, kind of leads you up to it. Uh, uh, there's a story about a man that was sick. There's a story about a man that most of us know. Uh, there's been some songs written about this. There's been some uh, wonderful things that we can reflect on in a, in a per- certain piece of the Scripture. But uh, the main thought uh, behind it that we're going to be looking at this morning is a broken man. Uh, there was a broken man involved, and uh, there was a broken man that was let through a broken roof. And that's what we want to uh, focus a lot on this morning is uh, a symbolism of brokenness and the things that uh, being broken can help us uh, now a man uh, goes through things uh, and we, we break things from time to time. Uh, and women the same way. We, we break things in our life. Uh, I, I'm quick to if I break something, uh, now I, I'll try to fix it. My wife will tell you, yeah, he'll, he'll tear it all to pieces trying to fix it. But uh, once he figures out that it's not worth fixing, uh, he'll usually leave it laying around the kitchen or, or leave it laying around the house uh, and I'll have to throw it away. Or maybe he'll eventually throw it away. Uh, but we are so quick as human beings today uh, to take things that are broken and when we determine that those things in our life that are broken, if it costs more money to fix than it is worth, or what do we normally do with it? We throw it away. Uh, we take broken things every day, every week. Uh, we fill up garbage cans. Uh, uh, you can look at our garbage can there in the Fellowship Hall. It's, it's full. Uh, we look at brokenness and we quickly decide uh, to cast it away, uh, to throw it away. Now, uh, you can look and see somebody. Uh, uh, a lot of times we look at brokenness in society as, uh, as certain things. We'll see somebody that's 15 years old and pregnant. And we'll think, well, that's, that's a broken person. Or we'll look at a 17-year-old boy that's a daddy. 
And we'll say that's some brokenness. We'll see a, a 24-year-old lady that's trying to support her family by being a prostitute on the street corner. And we'll say that's brokenness. We'll see all kinds of, of different things in society and bad things. We'll see people lock their children up uh, uh, in the bedroom to be able to go and do drugs or their kids won't bother them. I know I've seen it and I've read those stories. We've all seen and heard about these things. They are all signs of brokenness. There is brokenness in our lives. There is brokenness in our church. There's brokenness in my life. And all of them are signs of brokenness, but I'm glad that God came to fix brokenness. I'm glad that God came to fix things uh, that are broken. Even when we're ready to throw them away, even when we've done determined that they are no longer valuable to fix, they're no longer worth fixing, they're no longer having any value in our lives, He will fix them. I'm glad that he fixed a little old 15-year-old boy about 16 years ago that wasn't worth anything and still ain't worth nothing today. He took the time to fix something in that boy's life. He was lost and his name was Zach Stone. And he was broken. He wasn't worth anything. He was going to a, a place called hell. But he came and he fixed what was broken in my life. If you look through that scripture, you'll realize that they came in uh, with a broken man. And I think it's so symbolic that they even used the word break about the roof. They had to break the roof uh, to bring in a, a broken man uh, uh, through a roof to meet a, a Savior named Jesus. In uh, verse 5 it says, When Jesus saw their faith, He said unto the sick of the palsy, A son, thy sins be forgiven. Ain't it good to know that when we go through a little bit of trials in our life, uh, when you consider yourself broken, uh, you may even go through something in your life that you you may even see yourself more broken in your life uh, that when you get to Jesus, uh, He's quick to forgive. Uh, he's quick to forgive. He didn't even have to ask, praise the Lord. And when He came down there, you don't see the man with palsy say anything. Uh, he saw His faith uh, and He said, Son, thy sins be forgiven. He didn't even have to ask, praise the Lord. He knew what He had on His heart. He knew that He needed help. Uh, hey, today you may be broken and God knows what you need. Uh, you don't even have to talk about it. God's going to be there. Uh, Jesus, His Son, is there to to help you with your problems. You're broken. <laughs> None of y'all like to admit it. Y'all think y'all are just as good as right as rain, as everything's good today, but you're broke. I'm broken every week. It goes on to say this, but there were certain scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. So why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in this spirit that they reasoned within themselves, he said to them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say arise and take up that bed and walk, I want you to know something, church, with that little statement right there. There is more power in that statement in Jesus' ministry than a lot of the things that He did. Uh, he did a lot of miracles. Uh, he did a lot of things. Uh, he forgave people's sins. Uh, but when the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they even said this, the seas uh, uh, said something to Him uh, about, hey, uh, how can you forgive sins? Uh, he reasoned within Himself. He said, uh, what is more difficult uh, to to say thy sins be forgiven or to say arise up and walk. Hey, I praise the Lord. I don't even know if that was in his primary plans, but it took a bunch of Pharisees and, and scribes standing around doubting what Jesus was doing to say go ahead and stand up and walk. And what does it say that the man with palsy did? Praise the Lord. <coughs> he said, I say unto thee, rise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. Jesus forgave his sins, but praise the Lord, he took a step further. And he healed his brokenness. 
his physical brokenness. A physical brokenness that everybody could see. Nobody could see the healing within his heart. Nobody could see a, a change, uh, <coughs> so to speak, outside. Uh, and when people get saved, they don't stand up and they got a different colored hair or different colored eyes uh, or they become different kinds of people. They have a different gait to their walk. Uh, they have a different way of, of how they physically look. No, they have a change within themselves. But praise the Lord, when Jesus finally gets a hold of you and truly saves your soul, there's going to be a way that you look different on the outside too. It may not be immediate, but there's going to be something changed on the outside. <laughs> he takes broken things and He fixes them. I'm glad He came for the broken. And we, in this same chapter, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 17, it says, When Jesus heard it, He saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of physician, but they that are sick I came not to call the righteous, praise the Lord, but sinners to repentance. He didn't come to call the more holier than thou. He didn't come to call uh, the ones that are better in the church, that are here every Sunday, that are always doing the work of God. He came to fix those that needed a physician, praise the Lord. He came to fix those that were broken. <coughs> he came to fix those that needed a Savior. <coughs> Excuse me this morning. Now the Bible is full of brokenness. And there's a lot of symbolism uh, with broke things. And boy, we're going to spend some time this morning uh, looking at a few of them. Boy, I, I tell you church, I don't usually stand up here while I'm in the middle of my message talking about how good some of this is. But you mark it with your little highlighters, boys. Lord's been shy. I've been preaching this to myself since Monday. All week long I've been preaching this. And I thought I, I even texted somebody in the church and said, you know, Wednesday gets there. I'm going to get up there and just get to preaching. Wednesday, it's been on me all week long. I got studying again last night and the message just grew a little bit more. Praise the Lord. I'm glad God's good to us. Uh, I'm glad that I'm an old broken preacher that needs some help. Uh, it says here in <coughs> Judges chapter 7, uh, verse 18 and 19, uh, uh, there's a story about a man named Gideon. Uh, a man named Gideon uh, uh, had an army that he had to go fight. Uh, oh, Gideon got together some people. It says he put together an army. And I, I, I researched it one time on how many he had. Uh, I'm not worried about that. Uh, what we want to worry about is he brought them down to a river. He told them a certain way that they drink water. Uh, that's the ones you're going to call out of the people that you've called out. It ended up being only 300 men uh, that Gideon had to go face uh, an entire encampment of an army. And what did Gideon do? Uh, he took the 300 men and God told him, he said, you're going to take uh, uh, these 300 men. Uh, you're going to give one man out of each company a trumpet. You're going to give every man a, a what does it say? It says, I'm going to give them a vessel. In verse 18, when I blow with a trumpet, and I with all that are with me, they blow you the trumpets also on every side of the camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and a hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. And they that but newly set the watch. And it says this, and they blew the trumpets and they break the pitchers that were in their hands. Praise the Lord. What did they do? They took something and they hid a light within a vessel within a pitcher and when God told him to blow the trumpet uh, all three encampments blew the trumpet and praise the Lord uh, something was broken <laughs> and when the pitcher was broken what did that what happened brother hey when the pitcher was broken <coughs> there was light that shined out upon a hillside. The whole hillside lit up. Uh, made it look like a huge army. I want you to know that what we learn here with brokenness, uh, there's victory in being broken. Uh, when the vessels were broken, when the pitchers were broken on the hillside, they didn't lose that battle. When there was brokenness on that hillside, the light came forth. Uh, it says they chased them plumb all the way to the coast. Uh, oh, just whipped them all over the place with 300 men. They killed them as they was running. There's victory. In brokenness. 
There's victory in brokenness. Oh, in the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 3 and 4, And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he said at meat, and there came a, a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, and very precious. And what does it say? And she broke the box uh, and poured it on his head. Uh, now we've already talked about uh, uh, there's victory and brokenness. Uh, I want you to realize right here, it says this in verse 4, And there there were some that were in indignation within themselves, uh, and said, Why was this waste of ointment made? For it might have been sold, <coughs> Jesus said, in verse 6, Let her alone, why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have poor with you always. And whensoever ye shall, ye may do them good. But me, ye have not always. Uh, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, sometimes brokenness uh, gives us an opportunity uh, for a secret type of service. Uh, for a service that we can serve the Lord. Uh, hey, the disciples didn't even know what was going on. Uh, but there was a woman that came and she took a very valuable box. Uh, a lot of people might have believed that she was possibly a prostitute. And that was what she used to lure men in to be with. I don't know exactly what was going on in her life, but she took something that was valuable in her life. She broke the alabaster box of ointment. Once it's broken, it's done and over with. She brought something to Jesus in service that nobody else saw. Boy, there's service in brokenness. No one understood what that lady was doing, but Jesus did. In the book of Matthew chapter 14 verse 19 and he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. We've already preached this last week but we didn't preach it this way. And took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven he blessed and what does it say? And he brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. I'm glad today there's victory in being broken. There's service in being broken. Oh, there's also Jesus making you grow when you're broken. Well, ain't you glad that you can grow when you're broke? I've been broken a lot of times. Now, I'm not talking about being broke with my bank account. I'm broke with that a lot too. But I've been broken a lot with Jesus Christ showing me that I need to change my ways. Jesus can grow things that are broken. There's growth in brokenness. Ain't it good to know that Jesus can take something so small and break it and make it just go? and go and keep going. I'm glad that when I'm broken and I call upon the name of the Lord, He can help me to keep going and keep going and keep supplying my needs and keep going with everything that I need. <coughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 11, <coughs> verse 24, When He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Uh, we talked a lot about brokenness this morning. We're going to keep talking about brokenness. There's something else that was broken. It says the body of Jesus. It says, which is broken for you. Jesus was broken for us. There's victory in brokenness. There's growth in brokenness. There's lots of things in brokenness, but there's salvation in brokenness. There is salvation in brokenness. Jesus came and He died so that He could give up His life. For me. He came and had an old broken body. Now the Bible says that he had no bones broken in his body. And I believe that. But he came as a broken man on an old cross to be, to be ridiculed, to die on that old cross for me and for you. There is salvation in brokenness. Understand today, church, all these things we're looking at, we're going to look at a little bit more. We have brokenness in our lives. We have mistakes that we've made. We've had things that we've done that we're not proud of. We have things that come out of our mouths that should not come out of our mouths. We have sicknesses, diseases. We have family members that are sick. We have people that are lost all around us. And what does it take? 
It takes brokenness in every situation. It takes humbleness in every situation. It takes somebody breaking themselves down. I tell you what, there's grown men today uh, that don't like to cry. Uh, they're just ashamed to let out tears. Uh, but I want you to know, you've seen me do it. Uh, I'm just an old crying preacher. I don't, I, I don't like to do it. The Lord just makes me do it. I'm not telling you you got to cry to receive salvation. I'm just telling you, when I get broke down, I tell you what, I just start crying. We get broke down, church. We face hard times. We face ridicule. We face embarrassment. We face uh, so many things within our lives. And I do too. But what does God look for? I'm glad that God looks for something. And we're going to end with this piece of, of Scripture. We've talked a lot about brokenness here, but there's a brokenness that God looks for. In Psalms 51 verse 17, there is a brokenness spoke of that we need in the church house. There is a brokenness that is described that we need as people uh, to receive salvation. There is a brokenness that we need to serve the Lord. There is a brokenness if you're a child, if you're an adult, uh, there is a brokenness that you need to be able to serve the Lord. It says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. It says a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God. What does it say? Thou will not despise what is he looking for? What does God expect from his children? What does God expect from the church house? What does God expect from lost people? What does God expect from a community? What does God expect from us today as a whole? He is looking for brokenness. That's what he wants. When you realize that you are nothing, when you realize that you have nothing good to offer the Lord, when you realize 100% that everything you do is wrong and everything that God does is right, and when you realize that everything you do can't be good and everything that God does is right, when you realize that you need to shut your mouth a, a whole lot more than you realize that you need to open it, you will be broken. We have to realize that God will break us. Jesus fixes broken things. There's victory in broken things. There's service and broken things. There's growth. There's salvation. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for you to be broke. Think about what you and your life need to do. What in your life needs to change? What in your life you, you need to show brokenness? There's brokenness all through this Bible. And every time that you see brokenness and you see somebody turn to God, everything's better. It's, it's very rare that you see somebody have to suffer if they truly break themselves down, when they truly become broken. I look at David, and I think about David a lot. We bring up David in our church a lot. Now, David made a mistake. Like I already said, the church is quick to throw things away if they're broke. Hey, people are quick to throw things away when they're broke. But what does David do? David makes a mistake. He commits adultery. He commits murder. He has a son. That son dies. Nathan calls him out on all these problems he's got going on. He falls down in sackcloth and ashes. The people are afraid to go to David and tell him what's happened to his son. But when as soon as David sees the men standing in the hallway, he looks down and he sees he knows. And they ask him, he says, you know, hey, you know what's going on from so many ways they do that. And David says, well, I can't bring him back. Realize that. I can't bring him back. But he says, I can go to where he's at. There's brokenness. It took a brokenness in David's life 
to make him the king he needed to be. There was a brokenness in Gideon's life that they had to go up on that old hillside. When Gideon's already doubted God two or three times, he's done laid out the fleece and said, Lord, wet the fleece. He done said, Lord, I know you wet the fleece, but I'm going to turn it over and I want you to wet the ground this time. We see doubt. We see brokenness. We see people that need the Lord right here in our church house. I want you to know that's what God expects is for you to be broken. You are nothing. The Bible tells us there is nothing good but God. Break yourself down, church. Look to God to bless you. Look for God to lift you up. Get off your little high horse. Get off thinking that I'm, I'm better. Hey, I've had that in my ministry. I've had times that I just thought I could whoop the world. I'm telling you, in my ministry, I thought I could. It didn't take me but about one week of lacking off on my studies and one week of embarrassing myself behind a pulpit to know I ain't nothing. We need brokenness in our church. Are you broke today? I'm asking you that, church. Are you truly broken? Are you truly laying yourself down and saying, Lord, use me. Lord, I know I can't do anything without you. Lord, I know that I'm crippled. Uh, Not to say that I'm crippled physically, but I'm crippled spiritually. Lord, I need you to help me and put the pieces back together. I need you to help me grow. I need you to help to give me victory. And if you lost today, I need salvation because your body was broken just for me. That's what we need as a church today. We need brokenness. As I get a verse of some song ready today, we focused on this last Sunday a little bit. What can God use? What can God use today? He can use somebody that's broke. He can use things that are broken. He can use you today. All you have to be is humble. All you got to be is broken. All you got to be doing is willing That old man with the palsy, I believe he could have turned to those other people and said, just forget it. We won't make it through them doors. Just forget it. We'll never be able to get in to see the Messiah. I give up. Uh, My life's been tough. Uh, I haven't been able to hardly walk most of my life. Uh, I've been stuck in this old bed uh, depending on people to tote me around. But what did his friends do? His friends took him up on a rooftop. And praise the Lord, they broke the roof, brought him through. It took a broken man coming through a broken roof with a broken heart and Jesus to tell him, arise and walk. If there's a brokenness in your life today, you don't have to go far. You don't even have to ask specifically for it. He'll give you what you need. He will give you what you need. All you got to do is come looking. Hey, the palsy man could have sat outside the door and said, whew, Forget this. This crowd's too big. I can't, I can't do this. Uh, uh, can you imagine the commotion with a, with a house full of people and they break the rooftop loose uh, and they let the man through? Uh, you don't think every eye was on the palsied man? You don't think everybody was looking thinking, what is these crazy folks doing uh, letting this man through this roof? Uh, he can't walk. Uh, why is he wasting up all this space with this big old bed? Uh, praise the Lord. He came uh, to receive salvation and he came to be healed from his brokenness. What do you need to be healed from today? What do you need help with today? What do you need Jesus to fix in your life? He'll fix all of it. And you won't even really have to ask. As we stay on what page you got? 